Hey yo, what's good, man? It's your host Cleve. Welcome to the Third Coast Podcast with my man Joe. What it do, Gators? What it do, man? It's your host Cleve. We got something special for y'all lined up here in a minute. We're going to be calling Mr. Randy Jackson of Zebra. It's me and Mr. Charles. Hi there. Give y'all a little info about Zebra in a whole and a little bit about Mr. Randy Jackson before we give him a call. In the early 1970s, Jackson and Heyman played together in a band called Shepherd's Bush. But in 1974, they left Shepherd's Bush and founded a new band with Gleeso on drums. The group initially was a cover band playing Led Zeppelin and other technical proficient rock groups such as, yes, Jethro Tull and Pink Floyd. But in 1975, the group adopted the name Zebra after seeing a cover of a magazine Vogue featuring a woman riding a zebra. Initially based in New Orleans, they increasingly played more often in Long Island, though, instead of Louisiana, and eventually all three members moved there to pursue a successful career. They had introduced their original material into their cover sets years before they were signed to Atlantic Records, including the La La Song, Free, and Bears, originally entitled The Bears Are Hibernating. Randy Jackson formed his solo band, Randy Jackson, China Rain, and released only one album in the year 1991. Zebra was inducted into the Louisiana Music Hall of Fame in 2010, and on October 2012, Zebra was inducted into the Long Island Music Hall of Fame also. So, I guess it's that time y'all have all been waiting for. Hello? How you doing? Is this Mr. Randy Jackson? It sure is. How you doing, Joe? Oh, I'm doing fine. Welcome to Third Coast Podcast. How you doing this afternoon? I'm doing pretty good. Just uh, getting ready for a bunch of zebra shows. That's awesome. Where are you currently at right now? I'm up in New York, in Long Island, at home. Oh, cool. I've seen that uh, you had recently visited down here and played in Lafayette a couple of was it a couple of days ago or was that last Saturday? That was just uh, this past Saturday, just a couple of days ago, yeah. I had a question about that. I see that you played Unplugged. Is that you just doing acoustic stuff? Yeah, that's just me playing a 12-string acoustic, uh, doing a variety of songs. I do, you know, all the zebra stuff, and I throw in some, uh, you know, some classic rock, Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Moody Blues some Bowie and uh you know it's I've been doing it there in Lafayette for on that particular day for the last like at least five years um during the festival international and uh and then performing at nighttown you know on the Saturday from about three to six you sure staying busy too I see you got some uh upcoming show in Florida uh Fort Myers Florida at the ranch concert hall yeah um, going originally, I was going to do that as a, a solo acoustic thing too, and then uh, 
had a, a couple of guys that I know down there, uh, Steve Longo and uh, Larry Hobbs, who are going to do the show with me. So we're making it a three piece and uh, we're going to be performing that way instead of just doing the solo acoustic thing. Oh, that sounds cool. Uh, I see that it's a fundraiser for veterans and volunteers. Yeah, Florida veterans. It's it's to, you know, raise funds for all the veterans in Florida. And, uh, you know, the people that are involved called me are, are very involved in that. And so it's a, it's a really good cause and I'm glad to do it. That speaks a lot to me because I am a veteran myself. So uh, big kudos to you for doing that for the veterans. And I ain't from Florida. I'm from Louisiana. But I know that vets all need help, you know, and that's a great thing. Oh, yeah. I got a question. What is Shepherd's Bush? I see that that was y'all's original group. Uh, that was it was actually Felix's band. Felix and his partner, Eldridge, they formed the band and Eldridge Madair, and then they want they wanted to put a band around it. They had written a bunch of songs, and uh, so they uh, I met Eldridge actually first, right after I got out of high school, and uh, I was working at a bar down in New Orleans, and Eldridge was working there too. And you know, he said, "Why don't you go talk to Felix about being in the band?" And so I met Felix at his house, and. Uh, you know, we started playing, and the name of the band was Shepherd's Bush. That was a name that Felix and Eldridge had come up with for the band. And we basically did all Felix's original material in that band. That's what that was all about. I hadn't really written a whole lot up until that point. So did you write all the music for Zebra? No, I haven't written all of it, but like 90, 95% of it I wrote. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. With the Shepherd's Bush band, we had a... Uh, a couple of other people in the band, Rusty Hauser on drums and um, Tony Kelsick on bass. So it was a five piece band and a guy we did. I didn't meet Guy until after Shepherd's Bush was over. I have a question in the research that I did on y'all. It said that y'all are initially based in New Orleans. Yeah. Felix and I both grew up in New Orleans. And uh, we met Guy down there, like I was just saying, in about 1973, 74. And, um, you know, we our base was New Orleans. Yeah. We didn't leave New Orleans until 1977 when we went to New York. So the first two years we were together, we just uh, played in New Orleans or the surrounding area, you know, Mississippi, Louisiana, you know, pretty close to home. I got a whole bunch of buddies that uh, have a music collective down in New Orleans, and New Orleans is a big music scene and always has been. But I have a question. What was one of your favorite venues that you played in New Orleans? Favorite venues? Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of great times we, we had, you know, back, you mean, in the early, early days? Yes, sir. Yeah. I liked uh, I, Old Man Rivers was a great one. Uh, everybody loved that place. There was another place called Huck's Levee Bar that was down on the uh, uptown near the uh, Magnolia Grill. And uh, there was another place called Ziggy's that was on uh, Claiborne. And uh, we, we, had a, we had some great gigs there, too, uh, early on. And we also did a, a show out at a place called, um, called The Root Lounge, which was on out by the lakefront airport. 
And uh, we played a couple of shows out there where there was uh, like about four bands playing uh, outdoors. Weather was usually really good. And uh, those were good times. When y'all got to Long Island, that's when y'all started making y'all's first album underneath Atlantic Records? It didn't happen when we first went up there. No, we were we were on Long Island for five years before we got a record deal. Oh, yeah. But we went there to try to get a record deal. What? I said you're grinding away up there. Yeah. So we were pretty much just doing the club circuit up there like we were in New Orleans. And then we would go back down to New Orleans and we kind of made it like you know, a commute back and forth between the two places to play a little while. And, uh, you know, we didn't get the record deal until like 19, 1982. I have Mr. Charles Willis on the mic, too. Hi there. Nice to meet you, Mr. Jackson. Hey, how are you doing, Charles? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm a longtime fan. Thanks. I actually seen you perform live a couple of times back in 84, 85, a couple of your concerts. Yeah. And um, I had a couple of small questions. I was wondering about the No Telling Lies album, specifically the cover art of the zebra on yeah. the chess piece. I was just uh-huh. wondering what inspired that, because I've always wondered, do you actually like play chess? You just thought it was cool or what? Yeah, I, I was a chess player. Uh, when I was young, my dad taught me to play chess. And, you know, I just... I forget where the idea came from, whether it was from me or somebody else, but I can tell you the artist was Guy's wife at the time, Angie Alciator, and she lives in New Orleans. They're not together anymore, but uh, but she actually drew the artwork for the cover, and she did a great job. Yes, it was very awesome. Who's Behind the Door is the song that got me into Zebra, but I have to say my favorite is Bears for some reason. I don't know why, but it is. Okay. (laughs) Do you have a favorite song, one that you enjoy performing? Or are they all just like children to you? You know, depending on what day it is, you know, and if we're playing them really good, they're, you know, any song could be my favorite of the day. But I, I think if I had to step back and just say which one is my favorite, it would either have to be a Who's Behind the Door or uh, or Why, which was on the fourth Zebra record. Okay. Those are both very excellent songs. Thanks. I just wanted to say that it's one of my favorite memories, the concert. I think y'all performed at a little bar or something in Karen Crow. It wasn't a big venue, but it was awesome and it was rocking. What year was that? I would say it was like 1984, 85, because um, y'all were pushing the No Telling Lies album. I believe y'all performed pretty much everything on it. Okay. I'm trying to think of what, what venue that might have been. You say it was in Karen Crow? I think it was in Karen Crow. I might be mistaken, because that's been a long time ago. Yeah. I still had my ticket stub somewhere. I couldn't find them to verify the venue, so that's my bad, but. Okay. It might be somewhere in my records, but I can't recollect off the uh, top of my head, you know? Yeah. I remember the thing that made it so awesome is I think we encored y'all like three times. Y'all came out and played. And the last time y'all played. Oh, really? Yes. Y'all came out and y'all played Stairway to Heaven. Oh, really? Okay. And that was the. The final final. Oh, yeah. That was the final final. But it was awesome. 
I can't find it. I've seen where you've done that. Y'all played that before in concert. I've seen it on YouTube. Uh-huh. But I can't find that particular one. But I just remember leaving there completely mesmerized and enthralled. <laughs> well, well, thanks. It's yeah, we always had a good time doing the shows and point is to entertain. So if you if you felt that way, then well, I guess we did our job, you know? Yeah. Well, when you can tell when somebody's just, you know, phoning it in or they really enjoy yeah. what they're doing. And it was very obvious that y'all were having just as good a time as we were. You yeah. Know, so, well, that's why we play, you know, and that's why we're still playing, you know, the audiences are still coming and we're all having a good time, you know? And what Charles is saying is Charles is my dad. The podcast oh, is something, okay. uh, something we started four years ago and we've progressed it through the years and we're essentially based out of Oakdale, Louisiana, but we want to expand and go global, which we've been streamed in 40 different countries now, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. How I got the, I guess the nerve to contact you and ask the question is because way back when I remember my dad listening to who's behind the door and I just walked in and heard it playing and I was like, who is that? And he was like, mm -hmm. this is Zebra. And then I went and of course looked it up on YouTube and I've loved that song ever since. And I say it was about a month ago, month, two months ago. I forget when it was. It, it's been quite a while back, but I actually got the courage and sent you the message. And then I was like, oh, he ain't going to read this. He ain't going to reply. So I deleted it. And then you actually contacted me back. And now we're sitting here talking to you. So it's just it's a crazy mind melt because my dad went to the show and saw y'all fell in love with y'all's music. And then I heard it fell in love with y'all's music. And then now we're talking to you and it's such a, a big honor to have you on the show and thank you so much. Yeah. Well, no problem. You, you never know what's going to happen in life, right? Yes, sir. Amen to that one. Yeah. I seen that y'all were inducted into the Louisiana music hall of fame in 2010 and then October 8, 2012, uh, zebra was inducted into the long Island music hall of fame which is really cool. Yeah. I mean, that was, we were very flattered to be inducted into both of them. And uh, the Long Island one actually had a criteria that you were supposed to be born in Long Island in order to, you know, be in the Hall of Fame. But they made an exception for us because so many people thought we were from here to begin with. You know, we had been here for so long. And uh, <laughs> so they made an exception for Zebra. And I, I thought that was kind of cool. Is there anything that when you go back to Long Island that you miss about Louisiana? No, I mean, I, it's a different set of friends. I think both places for me are about the people. And, uh, you know, there's certainly a lot more people I grew up with in New Orleans. I mean, I have a lot of friends in New York, too. But, you know, there's nothing like your old childhood friends. I got friends that I, you know, go back to like I was five years old with uh, that I'm still friends with. And, uh, you know, that's that's just a you can't replace those friends, you know, definitely I got a few of those myself. My co-hosts that are not here, they're actually at work right now. Yeah, they're been childhood friends for a long time. Cool. I got a question to ask. Hopefully we ain't holding you up and taking too much of your time this afternoon. No, we're good. What or who inspires you the most in your music? I don't think there's any one source of inspiration. I've gotten inspired by movies, by music, 
by science. You know, it could come from anywhere uh, when you're writing a song. You know, it might come from the news. You know, you might see something, some article that inspires you to to write. Is that what you're driving at? Or, or oh, is it, yes, sir. Mis- I feel the same way when we're trying to come up with topics and, you know, dive deep into stuff. And sometimes just like a song will say something and we're like, oh, let's talk about that. Or you'll see yeah. uh, see something. You're like, hmm, let's talk about that. And uh, I yeah. totally understand that. Do you have any pre-show rituals that you like to do before you go on stage? Yeah, I, I warm up my voice. I've got to do that. When I was younger, I, you know, I didn't even think about that. But the older I get, the better off I am to warm up my voice. And uh, it just makes life a lot easier when I start the show. If I didn't warm up, I'd be trying to warm up during the show. And it's just it usually would take like four or five songs before I'm even, you know, in a place where I feel comfortable. So I usually spend about a half hour warming up before every show with my voice. Oh, all right. Charles, you have any questions? I feel like I'm hogging the airtime. <laughs> I'm just enjoying this immensely. I have one good question, I think, maybe. Are they planning on re-releasing any of the first three albums, maybe on vinyl? I know vinyl is a big thing again. It's actually outsold yeah. CDs, so I was wondering about that. Yeah, we have a release ready to go right now. It's a two-disc version of the first album one disc is the first album as it was but remastered and the second disc is just additional stuff you know from from that time period whether it be interviews or you know snippets of demos and stuff like that and we got a whole new package of artwork with that's going to go with it but the reason we haven't released it yet is because we've just renegotiated our deal with atlantic and we're very close to being finished with that so i'm hoping that will come out sometime this year. Atlantic is the one that's going to release it? Not necessarily. I think in this case, there's another company that's going to be licensing it from Atlantic at that point, you know? Oh, all right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that immensely. Yeah, it should be pretty good. The guys that worked on it really did a great job. Mr. Randy, Uh what is your first experience with music? The one that I can remember... The earliest would be, it was either watching the movie The Music Man, the 1950s with Shirley Jones and uh, uh, Ron Howard was actually in the movie. And then there was, uh, my parents had a an album. It was called uh, Greatest Hits of Les Paul and Mary Ford. And uh, my brother and I used to listen to that constantly you know and just kind of run around the house we were like little <laughs> little rug rats just listening to this music and getting revved up and that was all before the beatles came out and once the beatles came out that was kind of you know then there was definite direction that my musical tastes were going in and uh you know my parents took my brother and i to see the beatles in city park in 1964 and that kind of sealed the deal wow that's like a time capsule That is so awesome. You said you saw the Beatles in 1964? Yep. In New Orleans in September of 1964. And they were on their, it was their first tour here in the United States. And, uh, you know, it was was wild. At City Park Stadium, you know, where I would be, you know, my high school football team would play and where we would eventually 
open up for Journey at a show there. So that that place has a lot of great memories for me, you know. Which high school did you graduate from? Kennedy over on Wisner Boulevard. It's not there anymore. They tore it down. It was John F. Kennedy on Wisner. And at the time I went, it was a pretty new, it was brand newly built school. Turns out that uh, they had built it on top of a toxic dump. and Nobody found <laughs> out for about 20 years. And it had to be, uh, that had to be dealt with. So that sounds like good old Louisiana for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why am oh, I yeah. not surprised? Let's, just, uh, let's park it here and, and, and lose the paperwork, you know? There we go. Yeah, well, that's pretty awesome. That's a rich history to draw off of, man. Yeah, I mean, it was it was great to see the Beatles. My parents, you know, were pretty, they were pretty hip, let's just put it that way. <laughs> they were both lawyers, but they wanted to see it too. And uh, so they brought us, and I, my dad even had a, brought his eight millimeter camera to film it. You know, there's no sound on it, but you can, can kind of make out what's going on a little bit, even without the, the lighting being so great. Wow. Well, we don't want to hold up too much of your time, Mr. Randy. Could you give us or well, give the listeners your handles for Facebook and some of your upcoming shows, if you don't mind, please? Yeah. If they want to see the schedule for Zebra or myself, they can. They just need to go to the Zebra website, which is thedoor.com. Or they can go to randyjackson.com and it points right to the Zebra website. or zebraband.com any one of those three will work as far as facebook and social media my facebook page is randy jackson of zebra or there's another facebook page it's called randy jackson zebra and um you know my email address is randy at the door.com if they wanted to get in touch with me or Anybody else in the band? It's Randy at the door.com. And, uh, you know, Felix is on Twitter. I couldn't tell you what his handle is, but uh, I know he's on Twitter. Guy's on Facebook also. Not too hard to find. If you just type in Guy Gelso and Zebra into the Facebook search, he'll come up. Same with me. You know, we're pretty easy to find. And I think that's, yeah. Sounds good. I got one more question to ask you. Uh huh. I see that you had a solo band, Randy Jackson, China Rain, and you released one album in 1991. Right. Could you tell me a little bit about that album? Yeah, I got signed back on to Atlantic in 1988 to do a solo record. And uh, Atlantic didn't want to do another Zebra record. They had dropped us in 86. Although in 1990, we did do a live record for them but that was still during the time period i was making this solo record so they signed me to the solo deal in 1988 and uh i went and wrote songs with a bunch of different people and uh put this album together and we were ready to put it out in 1990 and atlantic decided not to release it and the reason was because nirvana had come along during that time and had just changed the whole landscape you know for commercial music and the 80s was just not happening anymore. You know, all the 80s bands weren't selling and uh, all the labels were trying to find grunge bands, you know, because that was the new hip thing. And unfortunately, I fell into the 80s category during that period. And Atlantic just decided to not release the record. 
but they were nice enough to just give me the masters, and we did get it released on a couple of labels around the world, Beyond Records over here in the United States, and uh, Frontier Records over in Italy and the rest of Europe got released over in Japan through another distributor. So it still saw the light of day, but not the kind of uh, push up, you know, that Atlantic would have given it. No, I didn't get the exposure it needed. That's for sure. No, no, that would have been like really tough, especially at the time that it came out, you know, we appreciate your time, Mr. Randy, and we're not going to hold you up any longer. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. It's been a pleasure talking with you. This is one of my dreams. I would have never imagined this back in those days. You know, you mentioned um, your childhood friends. When you get to be older like us, you tend to cherish the ones you have left because it's not as many as it was. You're right about that. You're right about that. It's been an honor to speak with you. Well, thanks. I was glad to do it. And uh, I'll see you guys down the road. Thank you so much, and have a good afternoon. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We just interviewed Randy Jackson of Zebra. So hard, but could